Welcome to Leading You. I'm your host, Julie Hyde, and in this space, we delve into the dynamic intersection of leadership and mindset. Join me as we uncover the essential tools and insights you need to sculpt your own success and lead a life you absolutely love. Hello and welcome to another episode of Leading You. Thank you for being here and tuning in and investing your time into listening into what I've got to say today, which I think you're going to find very interesting. I was listening to a podcast myself, actually, and apparently day 19 of when we enter into changing a habit, whether that be stopping drinking or whether we're going to be doing healthy eating or whether we're going to be doing exercise, new exercise regimes, getting up early, reading, um, changing the way we work, whatever that looks like. And apparently day 19 is the crucial day because that is the day where a lot of people give up. It seems to be the day where a lot of people think, oh, it's all too hard and I just want to go back to the way it was. And it makes sense to me because as we travel through January, it seems really easy. This time of year can be really easy for people to stick to new habits, new routines, new ways of working because it's not as busy. It's not as frantic. The kids aren't at school. You're not navigating lots of traffic and there's still that buzz about of being on holidays. But it's when things get back to normal, that's when we can turn back and hook into the old habits that we were trying to lose. So what I wanted to share with you today is one of my favorite topics, which is about busyness. And let's face it, a lot of people can waste a lot of time being busy and it's all very time consuming. I work with lots of clients on this. I present keynotes and also workshops, one of which I'm doing in a couple of weeks. But it seems to be a topic that people really want to overcome. They really want to stop being so busy. And it's one of the most common New Year's resolutions or um, goals that I hear at the start of each year. So I thought, how can I help you with this? Obviously, I've written a book about busy (laughs) and how not to be and how it impacts on your leadership, whether you're a people leader or a leader of self, which we all are, and how it impacts on your life and your legacy. But I thought I would share with you the eight different types of busy that I've identified that I write about in my new book, You Always Have a Choice, and what I take people, all my clients through, and what I take people through in my workshops. So I thought if you could identify with one or a few types of busy that you tend to do, once we have that self-awareness, that's when we can turn things around. So you might want to grab out a pen or write it into your phone on your notes, but there's generally eight types of busy that I've seen people cycle through and it can 100% change. And this is not about 
judging you or you judging other people. But it's about, as I said before, it's about you having the awareness about this and how you tend to do busy and how it might come about into your life when we get completely out of control, overwhelmed and just leading to burnout and we don't know what we're doing. We're chasing our tail. We're caught up in the vortex of busy and we don't know how to get out of it. So first of all, the first type of busy that I see that's incredibly common is the comfort zoner. Now you might think that is an incredibly weird type of busy, but the comfort zoner is the person who sits in admin tasks. They're the ones that do all of the easy things first. They're the ones that think about what they want to achieve, what they want to change, how they might want to eat healthy, how they might want to exercise more. But when they go to put the plans in place, it just seems all too hard. So I just want to stay within my comfort zone. Now, this can really restrict you, obviously, in terms of your growth. And what this does is when you're focusing on all the bits and pieces that you want to do within your comfort zone, you could definitely stay busy within that little sphere of what you know. But in not stepping out of that, in not doing new things, in not growing, nothing's going to change. Nothing changes unless you change it. So that's the first one. That is our comfort zoner. The second one that I have identified, I've called the dramatic. And I really do identify with this type of busy. I saw this in myself first and foremost. But the dramatic is like the drama queen. The dramatic is really loud and quite emotional about how busy they can get or how busy they are. They might huff and puff and they might sit there at their desk and they'll be getting quite emotional about it. They might slam the desk. There might be tears, but there'll be lots and lots of heavy breathing with our drama queen. And they can just get so completely overwhelmed. (laughs) Whereas if they simply sat down and wrote out what they're apparently incredibly busy doing, it might appear that they're not that busy at all. Because that busyness, that drama that busy does create up here certainly manifests itself out here. So you can feel incredibly out of control and try and get attention. You want people to feel sorry for you. You want everyone to understand that you are just so busy and out of control, but it's you who's actually created that. And that's our drama queen. And when I talk about this in workshops, my husband was one of the first people to tell me, (laughs) well, that's what you do. You're the one who tell me, oh my God, I just feel really out of control and there's a lot of heavy breathing and it's like, oh, everything's so dramatic. Whereas when I just take a breath, sit down, write things out, things aren't quite as busy as what they seem. So a lot of the drama goes on up here. 
And this can really impact people around you. And this can really impact a workplace when you have a lot of dramatics (laughs) playing out their busyness. The third one is, and everyone's going to know one of these people. And as I say, there's no judgment here. It's all about awareness. It is the badge of honor. It is those who wear their busyness as a badge of honor. They're only too happy to tell you about it. When you pick up the phone and you ask them how they are, they are so incredibly busy. They can't take on any extra work because they are so busy. They don't have time to talk to you because they're so busy. They can't meet you for coffee. They're too busy. And they will tell you about it and they will broadcast it. And these are one of the people who actually repel because you might meet them when you go to a networking event and they will tell you just how busy they are. They see it as their importance. They see it as their significance. But they wear that busyness like a badge of honour and they're not going to put that thing down. And this, again, can really impact a workplace and it can really impact people around you, not only by repelling people because they don't actually want to (laughs) come and see you, but if you're a people leader playing this out and inadvertently keeping people at arm's length, it can really impact your team and their productivity. Not only are you not productive through your great sense of significance being busy, but it can really impact your team in that they feel that they can't come and see you because you are just so busy. And sometimes it doesn't have to be so overt in that you are just telling everyone. It can be through your actions as well. When you're running around like a headless truck and also telling people how busy you are, that can really make people not want to approach you. They just think you're too busy. And as a leader, as any type of role model, that is not okay. The fourth is the disorganized. Now, this is a person who creates their own business simply by being completely disorganized. These might be the people who realize five minutes before or 15 minutes before, because their reminder pops up on their phone, that they have a meeting. They realize 10 minutes after the fact, because they've received a phone call asking where they are, that they should be at a meeting outside of the office. They're the ones who forget. They're the ones who can show up really disheveled. What would you do if you were confronted with a diagnosis that threatened your life? Would you continue to live as you are or would you make some big changes? That's what happened to me on the 6th of October in 2021. My life changed within a second forever. This moment was a catalyst for me to look deep within and assess if I was living a life I loved. I wasn't. I was tolerating too much of it. And now I've made big changes. And I want to empower you with the choice to do the same. My second book, You Always Have a Choice, is now available. And I share nine powerful strategies to let go of overwhelm and the relentless struggle and implement changes so you can lead a life you love. Head to youalwayshaveachoice.com.au to grab your copy.
And they're the ones that just feel like that they're in this crazy vortex of just chasing their tail. There's papers everywhere. (laughs) Their desk is a mess. The inside, their mindset is a complete jumble because they don't actually know what is the targeted action I should take today. What are the things that I need to plan for, for the day, for the week, for the month, for the quarter? They just fly by the seat of their pants. And some people say, wow, spontaneity is really good. Yes, spontaneity is great if it works for you. If you're not in this complete sense of complete disorganization and franticness, and it's not necessarily a good look for you, particularly if you're a leader in terms of what you're role modeling, (laughs) but also that's not good for your health. Feeling out of control and overwhelmed constantly is not good for your mental well-being or your physical well-being. So that's our disorganized, the ones that show up late all the time. The fifth one is the snapper. Now, the snapper is the person who gets really agitated and really angry because they're busy. They're the ones where you knock on the door of their office, perhaps, and you ask if they've got a moment. Of course, they do not have a moment because I'm really busy. I'm focusing on things that I need to be doing. I've got deadlines. I need to get things out. Now, often these snappers have created their own busyness because they're maybe perhaps not delegating. They're not asking for help. They're actually repelling people because of how snappy they are. And again, this is not a great look for your leadership brand and particularly if you're leading a team, but it's not good for people around you. People aren't going to want to help you if you're going to treat them badly, if you're going to bite their head off simply because you're busy. So that's our snapper. And I see that a lot in business. I see that a lot in small business where they're trying to do a lot. They're going through that growth phase. There's so much, so much to do. And there is not clear direction in terms of who does what. And, you know, going through those growing pains or trying to scale the business. So that is our snapper. Our sixth one is FOMO. Unfortunately, this is incredibly common now. These are the people who will tell you how busy they are, but when they get their screen time, like their weekly screen time, I don't know if you get that, but I I get that on my phone, and it is enormous. These are the ones that have to know what's going on in social media. They're your scrollers. It's like, oh, what's going on here? What's going on in the news? I can't possibly miss out on this. Oh, what's happening over there? Distracted. Oh, I must go to a networking event because I don't want to miss out on anything. Oh, there's a friend's catch up over here. I need to go. I need to go to this party. They need to do everything because they have this fear of missing out on something that potentially isn't even there. And again, they can get completely overwhelmed because they're running around all over the place. Their phone's their best friend. They're scrolling through to see what's happening in other people's worlds, not focused on what's happening in their own. And they can just waste so much time. And I know I, for one, am guilty of the scrolling. 
And I would also put that in comfort zone activities together with email. Our FOMOs are the one who will send out an email and then sit there, hit all mail, get mail, whatever that looks like, and waiting and waiting and waiting for the ding, the ding, the dopamine hits like, wow, something's happening. Let me see what it is. They'll sit in the emails all day. Not productive. And it's just impossible to be doing everything that's not sustainable for your well-being at all. And at some stage, we need to be making a choice about where we invest our time because we can't be everywhere all at once. And if we do try, we're going to be exhausted. Our seventh one is one of my favorites and is certainly one that I identify with, and that is our control freaks. They are the ones who think that no one can do it as well as they can do it. They're the ones who don't ask for help. They're the ones who don't delegate tasks because no one can do it as good as they can do it. They're the ones that will sit there with a pile of work and they want to get through it because they know that only they are going to do such a great job. Whereas if they did delegate, if they did ask for help, life would be so much easier, so less stressful, and you wouldn't be working incredible amounts of hours to get things done. I certainly had this awakening when I first started leading a large team. At first, I was trying to do everything because I knew how to do it. I can do it really well. I need to prove to these people that I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm talking about. And very, very soon, I felt like I was looking like a bit of a swan on water. But underneath, I was paddling so hard, so hard not to fall below that waterline that I was incredibly exhausted and on the verge of burnout. And once I learnt the art of delegation, once I learnt that asking for help is okay, and once I learnt that empowering my team is the absolute best thing I can do for them in terms of building trust and building relationships and enabling them to be the best that they can be, that's when my life turned around as a leader. So that's our control freak. And Our eighth one, the last but not least, probably one that majority of people that I speak with do identify with in some way, is our people pleaser. Our beautiful people pleasers are the people that just can't say no, who just want to help, who if you ask them, they will say yes. They will compromise their priorities for you. They often have this need to just want to be liked. They feel like if they say no, that you may not like them anymore or you might have ill feeling towards them or that they might not achieve what they're trying to achieve within the business or within their career because if they say no, then what's going to happen then? And saying no is something that I'm going to do my next podcast on for you because that is one of the biggest, biggest, biggest problems 
that a lot of my clients tell me that I hear in my workshops is that people have a massive, massive problem in saying the word no, and they're not sure how to say the word no. And in saying that, a lot of people also don't know what to say in place of saying that they're busy, because what are they if they're not busy? Does that mean they're not successful? But coming back to our people pleaser, our poor people pleaser will be the one that is sitting there with a mountain of work feeling completely overloaded, completely stressed and completely overwhelmed because who are they going to ask for help? Who are they going to ask for help when they're the one that helps everyone else? So our beautiful people pleasers, my next podcast is going to be for you in terms of how to say no. And how to say no nicely. But those eight types of busy are what I see consistently in business and in life. These are the types of busy that will generally play out. And you might think, well, I'm a bit of this and I'm a bit of that and I'm a bit of the other one. And that's completely, completely true for you. And you might circle through (laughs) all the eight types of busy on any one day. I certainly sometimes feel like I do too, but again, it's about having the awareness. So my control freakiness that also played out when I first started my business really impacted me there too because it was only when I finally decided, okay, well, I'm going to outsource everything that I'm not good at to my VA. It has changed my life. I outsource all of my presentations to a guy that does it brilliantly changed my life. All of my podcast editing is done by a fantastic team. Changed my life. I am not good at any of that stuff. I don't have the appetite really to learn how to be more efficient at it either. So outsourcing it is something that I do. But the point of that is I have the self-awareness to circumvent my normal habits or my normal way of working when I can feel myself reverting back to what I know, when I'm trying to control too much and it becomes overwhelming. It's like, right, Julie, you need to be delegating. So that is the purpose for me in sharing that with you today. The purpose for this is for you to increase your self-awareness about how you do busy. And it is also to help you identify where you compromise your priorities for the sake of busyness. It's where you may sabotage your goals for the sake of doing busy your way. And it's for you to go, oh, okay, what's my trigger? What do I do? How do I do it? I need to be aware about that. And when I identify that, I'm going to do this next which is something that I work with all of my clients on. So I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. And if you have, please share this. Please share this if you think this is going to help others. Please send me a message and tell me that you really enjoyed it and you want more of this. And please, if you have a moment, please rate and review this episode. It really, really helps in getting it out into more ears and I'd really appreciate your time. So thank you for listening to Leading You and I wish you a fabulous week until our next episode. 
Thanks for tuning in. 